Welcome to the Minivate Gig Podcast, episode 378. I'm Steve Borsch, and I'm on with Tim Elliott. Good afternoon. And Phil Wilson. Hello. How are you guys doing? Great. And yourself? Good. Good, good, good. Uh, so how's the water down there in the well, Phil? <laughs> Free hugs. Uh, <laughs> no there, threat of a hurricane down here, let me tell you. Yeah, they're talking about Phil last week was in the same place as Echoey Conference Room, so I did a little graphic for the the front of uh, Phil down in a well. And um, yeah, yep. still sounds like that. Yeah, that's okay. We love you anyway, Phil. I'll try and talk quietly so it doesn't echo quite as bad. So. Yeah. Well, the good news is you have a lot of internet bandwidth wherever you are, and that kind of is a segue into our first nice. big story, which is I actually had a client of mine send me a uh, his email last night saying, here it is, and it's about Comcast rolling out internet data caps in the Twin Cities, but they're also doing it nationally, and it's going to be one terabyte. So how um, much data do you use, uh, Steve? Well, I no longer can uh, track it because we went with a Comcast business connection, which has no cap. And um, but right, but I thought you would you'd be looking at it through your router, as all of nah, us do. No, nah, I don't. No, nah, because it doesn't curious. matter anymore. Well, I suppose I could be do curious. Do you actually look at your router stats? I do. I do. Yeah. I, I don't have so a charter that uh, you know Phil and I have down here in Lakeville. We don't have caps either. Um, so I'm not that worried about it. But, you know, a terabyte seems like a pretty generous allotment to me. Until you start streaming 4K video, you know, because the, uh, you know, the, the, the just regular 1080p HD, I think, is uh, 8 to 10 megabits per second. And 4K is, you know, like 14 to 16 megabits per second. I'm not getting those numbers right, but it is, you know, it's not quite double, but it's significant. And and I, we were between um, the lowest when we were still on Comcast Consumer about a year ago. The lowest we had was uh, 487 megabytes in a month. So, <laughs> um, and we're watching a lot more stuff on uh, streaming now. So, yeah. So are you are you streaming 4K? No, because I don't have a 4K TV, and I'm not because you know 8K TVs are coming out. So. Why, yeah, why would I get be, 4K? That's garbage. After that, so. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Then they'll um, just come do the news right in your house. Yep. So. <laughs> well, uh, you found this article. I, I had seen the tweet from Julio Ida Zapata in the, in the TwinCities.com, the Pioneer Press, about um, uh, his Xfinity in uh, X1 digital recorder. Um, you know, there's a cloud DVR for it. And he was pitching me pretty hard. He said he liked Xfinity X1 a lot. Yeah, he and was a big was fan of that. Really so. great. Yeah, yeah. And so um, here he is in this particular article, and he's not too happy with their cloud DVR service, where they're supposed to record stuff for him. He just updated the bottom of the story this morning, though, where apparently everything has been corrected. So uh, I would expect him to probably write about this more fully, you know, in, a, in another, another story once he's, you know, lived with it for a while. Yeah. You know, it's basically the, the ability to take recordings uh, that you have made or you have requested and play them on other devices like your iPad in, in his case. Right. So you've got to wonder that if, if he was not a, uh, a writer for the, um, the Pioneer Press, do you think that he would have gotten this response from a spokesman? Well, you know what? Um, the one thing I'll tip 
my hat to with respect to Comcast is they're really good at following along with Twitter. You know, they have that at Comcast cares and so on. Well, I tweeted this morning to, um, uh, just at Comcast about the fact that, you know, I went to the, uh, FAQ about this one terabyte data cap and their SSL certificate was, they were having issues with it. I'm sure it's, it's not a wild card SSL. So they've got a, they've got a subdomain for this FAQ. It's data plan dot xfinity.com and it's not it, the certificate isn't right and um and i'm sure it's just because it's not a wild card certificate so i i sent him a tweet and like 10 minutes later this guy tweeted back to me and and um uh, he said here use this link and i went there same thing so i um i pinged him again but so they're on top of it uh and and you know there's a lot of change with this sort of thing because i'm sure they had to beef up storage and and uh, network connectivity you know because all of a sudden if they come out and say okay now there's a one terabyte cap people are going to say what you what else can i do with it i would think hmm. so anyway okay. anywho yeah so uh tim amazon is on the on the ram on the rampage and, and scaring target is that what you're saying there? that's what recode says yeah explain so so it must be true. Well, uh, one of the uh, newer hires or, or, or newer people that were that was promoted within Target to do basically their online uh, presence uh, had spoken at their code conference, which used to be the All Things D before uh, Recode left the Wall Street Journal. And um, lo and behold, this guy is now gone after what four months or something in that uh, in that job. And they just, in this story, they basically, you know, recount that Target has been losing share both uh, uh, in their stores and uh, within their their uh, e-commerce efforts to Amazon. And, uh, you know, the, the Jet.com acquisition by Walmart was seen as a reaction to yeah. Amazon's growth as well. So not a lot of meat to this story, but clearly they're shaking it up at Target. You know, I think that a lot of what Target's uh, problems have been of late is their more of their political stance than anything else. And there is a large element of, of boycott that's going on because of some of their the, um, the gender neutral bathroom situation. Are you yeah. Kidding? Yep. Yep. No, that has really affected their stores yeah, uh, as far as the break get out. stuff. Well, but then there's also get out more. Well, but no, I'm surprised as well. I, you know, yeah. but that that is a reality, and they've got to listen to their their client base. Well, there's another big issue, and that is that Brian Cornell, the CEO, as good of a job as he's doing, he's not a merchant. No, he's not a retailer. And and one of the things that I've noticed is, um, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that Target's always been known for is cheap, cheap, chic. Uh, with respect to fashion, and they're not focusing on it. I mean, the clothing, uh, the, you know, the quality of stuff seems to just be okay, not great. Um, um, you know, so that's one area where they're kind of falling down, and they're not really doing a lot with respect to new design and so on. So um, that all said, you know, he's got a he's you know he's running a railroad in a time when trucks are appearing all over the place and containers are coming off ships for the first time. I mean, that's kind of what he's dealing with is yeah. change and disruption of that. Well, of that you know negative. what Target really needs at the top right now? What's that? They need Ron Johnson. Oh, yeah? Ah, you got to have the rim shot uh, thing there. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I don't have kidding. the rim shot. I know. Obviously, after he ravaged JCPenney. Although, 
every time I go into JCPenney, which is not very frequently, um, I, I do notice a lot of the improvements that he uh, made are still there. So yeah. it's, you know, it's still, it's still a very crowded store as far as merchandise, but it's a little less crowded than it used to. Yeah. And it has that Apple store vibe still. Yeah, I don't think I've got ever gotten that, but yeah, I mean a little bit at certain places here and there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So another story from uh, Julio about 360 degree virtual open houses. Yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. So why don't you just recap it real quick? Um, I think that that was uh, Tim that put that in there, right? It was. It was. So basically a local uh, real estate agent uh, from St. Paul. So that's why Julio wrote him up is using uh, some technology that comes out of Silicon Valley. It's called uh, Matterport is the name of the company. And they make these uh, uh, 3D cameras, which you can use to create VR content. So apparently that's fairly easy to do. And he's using it to sell houses. It's obviously it's right now it's a, you know, kind of a cool thing to do. It may actually over time though, really make a difference for something like real estate where, you know, you either go out with an agent and you see a bunch of houses. Um, but uh, more and more, if you're doing a house search, you actually use the internet first to, to actually look at the house via pictures. And this could give you a more immersive view of it. So well, I will tell you after uh, having spent a lot of time, cause my wife and I are looking at, uh, you know, now the kids are older, uh, we're looking at uh, downsizing cause we've got the house is way too big for us. And so we've been looking at a lot of property, or I have anyway. I've been on Trulia and Zillow and going to, to property after property. And I will tell you that if I could change one thing with realtors, it would be do not, under any circumstances, basically leave most of the lights off and use your phone to take the photos. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's just like, come on. And then it's really hard to get a good sense of the space. And this is where VR would come in really handy. Yeah, I, would I think there's it. a lot of potential. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, I think the I think the gift that uh, Julio has on, I believe that is his, is his porch. He's not selling his house, is he? <laughs> well, maybe he's going through the same thing that the Steve is because his kid his kid is in college. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hmm. Well, you have a big house. Well, let me tell you when uh, when you go home and your mom and dad have turned your bedroom into a extension and into the family room essentially uh to make it bigger and you realize no matter what i'm never coming home <laughs> yeah my mom converted my old room into her into her what room oh. uh hmm. we lost yep. you there for a second oh yep. sorry sorry yep. yeah uh, no worries well and then the last big minnesota story this week was one that actually was written up in the verge about the FBI's trying to crack another locked iPhone, this time of the uh, perpetrator of the mall stabbing where he stabbed 10 people in St. Cloud at a St. Cloud mall. And um, and so, you know, this is really the first article that I've read about it. So it's going to be interesting to see how this unfolds. Is it going to be another, you know, they're going to go out to the public or, you know, because we don't know what operating system it is. We don't know what version um, it's on. Uh, which phone it is, you know, and so forth. So, um, it'll be well, the, the guy was getting an iPhone seven allegedly. So Supposedly, yeah, and maybe they, it was an iPhone five S. Could have been a, a original six, maybe. Maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And if 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 those if it was, say it was a six, I think they're gonna the FBI is gonna have more of a problem to crack that than they did with the five C, which right. was uh, which apparently was easier to do, which uh, the San Bernardino uh, shooters had five yep. Cs. Right. Hmm. Huh. Well, we'll see how this pans out because this has got the new. Is there a little bit more difficult encryption in this the newer version? Oh, absolutely. Was, was yep. uh, dealt with with the former cracking of, yep. of the iPhone. So, yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The, one, the one thing we don't know is if you use encrypted backup to Apple's iCloud, mm-hmm. um, do they, in fact, have their own private key, which could decrypt it no matter what? Um, yeah. and so are you saying it's encrypted on the device before it's backed up? Right. It is, yeah. Or you it do is, it, yeah. or you do an encrypted backup. Um, right. You know, is it is it uh, secure? And yeah. So, yeah, nobody knows for sure because obviously Apple doesn't talk about that stuff. But uh, well, it's the ongoing battle of uh, you know trying to balance uh, privacy and security with right uh, security and, and right. safety public. And you know, this week's guest could probably tell us a whole lot more about that. Who's right. our guest this week? Well, yeah, I'll just let me let me just uh, set this up. So, so obviously, we've been talking a lot about breaches and cybersecurity and all of that. And more and more of my clients I know are uh, moving to the cloud and doing so kind of reluctantly. And, um, and there's startups that are using the cloud and, you know, platform as a service and stuff and like Amazon and Microsoft Azure and so on. And uh, the guy that we have on for this particular show is a guy named Tom Iverson and Tom is an enterprise solutions consultant with a firm here in Minneapolis, RBA Incorporated. They they, they do business all over the country, but they uh, focus on cloud and application lifecycle management, custom software development, stuff like that. Um, and curiously, uh, they've been recognized as uh, uh, one of the country's fastest growing private companies, but they've also been named seven times in a row as one of the best places to work in, in Minnesota. So I thought that was pretty cool. And so, at any rate, um, his name is Tom Iverson, and he will be joining us in just a moment. Well, I think we just had Tom Iverson join. Tom? Yes. Can you hear me? Oh, beautifully. Yeah. Steve Borsch here, and Phil Wilson and Tim Elliott on. And Welcome, Tom. Hey, thanks for having me on today. Yeah. And, and the, the one thing that we do ask, though, is that you do not tease Phil about being in a well again this week. Um <laughs> No, just yeah, just go ahead and draw some more attention to it, Steve. That's just Steve. Anybody cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, I just Tom, I just gave you just a, a brief little intro and a little bit about RBA and and um, uh, I know I know I have a I could probably talk to you for an hour, but um, uh, how much you know? Because I, I had mentioned that you guys specialize in cloud and DevOps and and yep. custom software development and all that. Um, how much of what you do? is cybersecurity related. And I'm assuming it's partially trying to convince various organizations to to start to migrate to the cloud and do more. Um, yeah. You know, although we don't have a cybersecurity practice uh, in-house, uh, it is a, uh, the number one topic of discussion really? when okay. customers are looking at migrating workloads into the cloud. Yep. And and what what are you seeing as, uh, as the big trends in... In, um, in in cloud, really, as platform as a service, is it? Because because I know that you had said in one of your blog posts that uh, 
that startups are key users of, of platform as a service. In fact, I don't know of any venture capitalists. I don't know if you do, Phil or Tim, but that, that will invest in a startup that actually is going to go build their own infrastructure. Um, but um, um, how many businesses are actually um, uh, jumping in now? You know, we're seeing a, a major uptick in, in the interest and, uh, you know, adoption of the cloud. A lot of uh, folks are dipping their toe in the water, and we run across uh, a lot of folks that have been in the cloud for, you know, quite a few years, um, yep. you know, playing around themselves. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it's a really exciting time for, you know, especially the startups um, because they have this uh, compute power at their fingertips. Right. Um, that they traditionally haven't had, and it's uh, it's really a competitive advantage for for those uh, agile type startups. So, how do you assure companies that their data, if it's uh, stored in the cloud, will be safe and secure from from anyone coming in, either bad actors or uh, or, or other you know ways that uh, their competitors perhaps might might be able to get to their data. Well, you know, as you guys know, the the best uh, security strategy is a uh, defense in depth, of course, right? So there's a, a lot of things to consider, um, not only from the, you know, the cloud providers infrastructure, what they provide, but also, you know, the application development staff or the software developers who are creating the applications as yeah. well. So it's really a, uh, you know, it's everybody's responsibility. Um, but, uh, you know, the cloud vendors, I mean, the, these guys, the, you know, the, the leading vendors, they've been spending tens of billions of dollars in building out this infrastructure and, uh, you know, security is, is their number one concern. And you guys are you guys are uh, uh, have really started to focus on just Microsoft Azure now, right? I mean, so I'd assume that they've got um, all the various layers built with uh, security in mind, and also with with uh, tools, you know, for intrusion detection and building on top of the platform and all of that, right? Absolutely. They, you know, they've, uh, the public cloud has hit a milestone in the last few years. And, and, uh, you know, with all the cert, uh, you know, security certifications they've achieved and, and, and all of that, um, you know, they're, they have several rings of defense, if you will, you know, the first uh, line of defense being, uh, the distributed denial of service, uh, defense. Um, and then, uh, it goes down, you know, you know, through each layer, you know, software defined networking, uh, web application firewalls that you can put in place, um, some built-in security policies, and you know, in the center of that, of course, is your application. Yeah. Well, so here's a, here's this. Is, I always ask this kind of question, but okay, so you're out with a couple of IT uh, VPs from a couple of mid-level companies here in town. You guys are having a beer after some show or something, and uh, you look at the two of them and you say, okay. What keeps you guys up at night? Yeah, with, with respect to the cloud, obviously. You know, um, depends on who I'm talking to, what their role <laughs> in the organization is. But yeah. uh, if they have anything to do with, um, you know, security, I mean, security is number one, right? It's, uh, you know, when when is the next next uh, you know thing going to happen to me? You know, you, you hear about. I heard you guys talking about Yahoo uh, last week or the week before you know, 500 million uh, user accounts exposed. Yeah. And I just saw this morning uh, Verizon now is uh, wanting uh, to reduce their offer. By to buy, a billion uh, dollars. A billion dollars. Right? Oh so you God. can imagine, I mean, what damage that uh, that causes to to organizations out there when they have a breach. Yep. Well, yeah, you know, they, can, they can put you out of business. I mean, you lose all your trust and, 
and everything absolutely. else. So absolutely, there was another uh, interesting thing uh, um, that came out uh, last Friday was the uh, um, the source code for um, the IoT uh, distributed denial of service attacks. Did you guys hear about that? Yeah, in fact, we were, we've got it in our other top tech stories for today. Yeah, hmm. yeah. When Krebs on security got hit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was a uh, an interesting piece. You know, it's only going to be a a matter of time before my uh, my pet chat's uh, video phone is going to attack my uh, neighbor's fridge and order me a pizza. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know what? It's it's uh, believe it or not, the 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 uh, Krebs did also publish a a list of IoT devices, and 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 the reason I'm I'm saying this again or bringing this up and segueing off of what you just said is that both Microsoft with Azure, they were at our IOT Fuse conference. I'm also involved with IOTFuse.com. Yes. Um, and so they were there with their platform because they're, they're, uh, there's a huge IOT centric component to that, but also um, the, um, um, oh, I forgot what I was going to say on that. But anyway, the, uh, the, the big thing uh, that Krebs had was a list of the kinds of devices, and most of them are not made here in the U.S., um, but there are yep. devices like DVRs. You know, so I've got yeah. my TiVo sitting out here. Now, granted, i got a DMZ in my house, but um, uh, a lot of people, you know, they just plug plug the things in, and, and they're exposed to the outside world. And, you know, TiVo didn't build that with, with uh, uh, hacking in mind, I don't think. No, absolutely so. not. And that, that's the thing. These, uh, you know, uh, consumer, you know, low cost consumer devices that people are just putting on the, the Internet, um, you know, they they ship with default usernames and passwords. And you, you saw from Krebs's analysis that, uh, you know, he listed all the, the, the common usernames and passwords and the, the bad guys just simply uh, use that list and go out and probe and and uh, attack those devices. And, you know, this is a. Uh, I think the, the Krebs on security attack was uh, a, a rather large um, denial of service attack as far as, you know, megabits per second up in the 600 megabits of uh, per second traffic range, which yeah. was something that uh, Akamai, his service provider, has uh, never even seen that level before. Right. Well, and they gave him the boot. They, they kicked him off the network. They did. I heard that. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, there, there's uh, um, um, – with respect to the tools and the things that are available, um, you know, again, you start talked about startups and and all that. How, how many of your uh, your prospects and your current customers are either startups or young companies? You know, we have a, a few in there. Most of our customers are the mid mid market customers that you were okay. just speaking of earlier. But yep. uh, yeah, we have worked with a few startups and uh, and uh, you know, getting the getting those guys the information they need to um, to get a good start is is uh, you know, is one of our, you know, goals in, in engaging with those types of folks. Yep. You know, there, there's a lot to learn about the cloud and, and, you know, we've had customers that have, you know, jumped in with both feet and, and had to, had to backpedal um, after uh, several iterations and kind of start from scratch, um, you know, but getting, getting someone that has worked in the cloud and understands all the, the areas of it is uh, certainly beneficial. Hey, Tom, get this, Phil, uh, could you do, do me a favor? Give me, give me one, probably your top tip for uh, a business or enterprise in hardening their security or, or you know, protecting their privacy. Uh, and then one tip for the average consumer. What are the, 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 what's the one thing you say to people as far as uh, guarding their security and, and making their security better? 
you know, I think I kind of touched on it earlier. It's, it's uh, security is everyone's responsibility. So when you're in an organization, it's uh, everyone should be thinking about it. And, you know, we talk about uh, DevOps a lot and, and there's a new uh, kind of flavor on that. It's uh, DevOps sec or DevOps security, which is uh, not only pulling, you know, the, the infrastructure and the development teams together, but also getting security involved early on in the design of the software that you're building. Um, and then, of course, when I talk to consumers, um, I kind of, you know, heard you mention it uh, the other week uh, talking about, you know, email being very insecure, right? No plain text passwords and, and uh, you know, no sensitive information over email. Um, that's a that's a big one these days. Yeah, that, that's a really tough one to, to, to really make people understand that, that you know, because I have people will send me their credit card information or something yeah, in an email. So it's like, what are, you, what are you doing? Stop it, you know? Yeah. And, and, because I think that people believe that just because it has the word mail in the title, it's as secure as sending something via the mail, and it's not. So, and a lot of people don't realize that that is right out in the open. Um, so, I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is a great place to start, and people still don't quite get that. Well, yeah, I, know, I know one thing I do, though, is I always tell people, if you find a USB thumb drive in the parking lot, just go stick it in your computer. Make sure it's right. on the corporate network first. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're in a hospital, because you know those those hospitals get nailed by malware all the time. For a minute there, I thought you were actually serious, Steve. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you know there there are some companies like, for example, well, I no, I, I won't. They they shall remain nameless. They're in the healthcare space. They've actually disabled all the USB ports in their computers. <laughs> so, do you think that's a that's a a good tactic for a hacker to, to go ahead and just, you know, walk outside companies and sprinkle some USB thumb drives oh, on yes. the parking lot. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's done all the time. Well, the other one I loved was, sorry to go off on a tangent here, Tom, but yeah. uh, the other one I loved was the, the uh, fire inspector that comes into the bank um, and they do this specifically for um, uh, network intrusion risk assessments where you know, guys dressed as a fire marshal walks into a branch of a bank and uh, does a says I need to do an assessment, you know, blah blah blah. Well, what about those cards down there? And he bends down and goes under the desk. And while he's down there, he plugs a USB thumb drive in the back of a computer and then comes up. And now they're in the network. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's just because it's just all social engineering, you know, by being a good guy and you know having somebody help you and so on. Um, so there's, there's a lot, well, anyway, we're going off on a tangent, but the, the one thing I wanted to ask too, is, you know, RBA has won, um, or consistently been named a best place to work and, uh, uh, what, seven times in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, uh, um, what don't you like? What makes you mad? What, what do you hate about? No, I'm kidding. Why, why do they, why do they win? Why does the company win so much? Well, you know, it's it's a great place to work. Uh, lots of good people. Um, they have a fun culture. Uh, we're out on the shores of uh, Lake Minnetonka, out in Wyzetta, out there. Ooh, so it's nice. a beautiful, uh, beautiful office in the the former boat or the actual boatworks building um, out there. So uh, yeah, there's lots of, lots of good perks, nice view, and some great people. Nice. Well, what's the one thing that we didn't ask you that you want to just get out? We got about a minute left, and one of the Give you that opportunity. Oh boy, uh, yeah, that's I could one. I could sit here and talk for hours too. But uh, no, I, I mean I think uh, you know again I'll, I'll stress that you know when you're talking about security and, and 
you know, moving to the cloud. I mean, that, that's, again, the number one concern. And I think, you know, we've seen a change in the last couple of years. And, and uh, I think a lot of more, a lot more uh, folks are, are uh, more comfortable moving workloads to the cloud. And if you're, you know, you're in the, the mode of, of, you know, investigating the cloud, what we recommend is, you know, trying a safe workload up there, a workload that doesn't necessarily contain personally identifiable information and uh, get some experience with it. So, uh, you can understand what kind of measures are in place uh, to protect that uh, sensitive data if you choose to move that workload eventually. Yep. So good advice. Here's All right. You. Well, hey Tom, thanks so much for being on. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you no sa- problem. Thanks. You sounded guys. great. You sounded great, by the way. Hey, I got my microphone right here. It's, All right. Uh, I'm- well, next time you can kind of come over to my office and sit in the office. Have an echo. It gives it that sort of outdoorsy. Feel. Maybe you guys can uh, come out and do a podcast from uh, Sunny Wyzetta one day. Yeah, that'd be great in the summer. Yeah. If we can do we it, have, on, uh, we yes. have a cool, uh, cool IoT fish house. You guys can come and check. There you go. I like right. that. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Have a good day. You too. Bye. So that was Tom Iverson from RBA Consultants. RBA Incorporated. Yep. Yep. Talking about a little cybersecurity. So, okay, well, let's, uh, what else is happening? Obviously, uh, big news around here anyway, at least uh, for our uh, uh, Android team, the Google's event. Oh, Which, yeah. What, what's the actual official name of that event? Does anybody Do you know what that is, Tim? Is it just the Google event? I thought it was a good I, – I don't know. I don't think they had a theme. Yeah. Yeah, I don't either. But uh, as expected, they announced the Pixel um, the new uh, Android phone, which has no, it's, a it's three, the new iPhone that happens to run Android. Yes, exactly. And it's a three point five millimeter jack for your headphones. Yeah, I noticed that right away. They Surrounded sort of rub yeah. <laughs> Well, they sort of rub rub the salt in the wound there. Yeah, and it was uh, it's yeah very similar. It looks very similar to the iPhone. Of course, the home button is on the back of the phone, which I can't quite get, but yeah, that's kind of interesting. Um, what did you think, Tim? You're the one still using Android and uh, quite heavily, and I'm the one considering going back to Android. What did you think? Uh, I think that these look like very good phones. They're premium priced. Uh, they're comparable to the iPhone in price and, and in the features. Uh, the iPhone probably still has the edge in the camera um, and uh, maybe but a few is, other things. But this is but, the best camera ever, it says. Right. Best camera ever that Google's been uh, involved with. But what's interesting in this whole thing is that this is actually made by Google. So this is not Google, you know, saying putting Nexus on an HTC branded phone or or some Samsung or some other brand. And it's not a reference design. either. Right. Yeah. Right. So this is their first smartphone. And they did lots of. demos of their AI, which is constantly improving. And even though I'm running an older version of Android and uh, an older version of the AI uh, assistant, it still works very, very well um, and better than Siri, according to Walt Mossberg, who has been tweeting about how Siri just doesn't get normal queries right. Um, So I I think that this is going to, you know, move the needle a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure what it happened what it does to the Android ecosystem. If Samsung decides to do something different than Android going forward uh, or not, but so we'll see that. So interesting move um, kind of expected. Well, I will tell you that, um, that just the Google search app on my iPhone um, is so dramatically better than asking Siri. Uh, yeah. I mean, really? 
Oh, oh my God. I mean, well, I mean, Michelle and I go out for a walk every morning at, at uh, quarter to six, uh, and we walk for an hour. And so we'll be talking about something, and I want to look something up, and I, I'll do my watch and say, hey, Siri, and ask a question, right? And um, the stuff that comes back often is just a five links from a website, you know, different websites. And and the Google response always is not only what I asked, but it'll actually read off the, the uh, you know, if I say, so what time is it in Sydney, Australia? The time in Sydney, Australia is blah, 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 you know. And, um, yep. So, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a much better product. Now, that yeah, could all change because, I mean, there's so much at stake, but... Well, Mossberg was talking about asking for who is the Republican vice president nominee and getting back the presidential nominees instead, where you ask that to to Google. And not only do you get, you know, it's Mike Pence, but, you know, you get some context around it and it does read it to you, too, which yeah. is also interesting. I think the biggest thing for me about the event, though, was Google Home. And yes, that looks like a really, really interesting device. Well, talk about incorporating that with Google Assistant. Yeah, um, right. You know, the only yeah. downside with it is just like um, um, any of these Samsung's TV with, you know, that's listening and, and uh, Alexa from Amazon and Siri and Google Home. I don't really want an open mic in my house. Well, you then know? don't buy one. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but don't you have a Siri that's already an open mic in your house? No, I have it disabled. On your so, phone? No. It's on an open my, mic uh, then, right? Well, there you go. Potentially. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Well, just don't do anything illegal. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Oh, crap. I can't get through a day without doing that. <laughs> well, but there was some other good stuff that came out. So, okay. Yeah, so I was going to say the Chromecast. The, the 4K yeah. and HDR Chromecast and uh, the Daydream I thought was really, really interesting. It's a, it's basically a fabric-based holder for your phone, but it'll allow you to, to uh, do VR virtual reality through your phone. Yeah. Um, uh, and I thought that was really interesting. 79 bucks too. So yeah. Yeah. Very, very reasonable. Always has been. That's yeah. always been a very inexpensive way of doing things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we talked about gold Google home and, um, and uh, what else is, what else came out of that? Well, uh, yeah, it's good stuff. So I mean, that, that's about it. I've that's, got a yeah. ton of things that I need to investigate as I think about the next phone, whether I stick with, uh, you know, it, it's the constant problem of being heavily integrated in the Google system and also very much reliant on, on you know, the integration of Mac and, and iOS products. So join the club, my friends. I can't decide. I can't decide. Well, I love Google Maps. I love uh, Google Search, uh, Gmail. Uh, and so on. So yeah, I'm the same way. I'm heavily invested, but there's just so much that I love about the iOS and uh, obviously Mac OS and so on uh, that, it, you know, it's just, it's going to be a battle and, you know, maybe eventually we'll have to pick total sides, but I don't know. It's uh, well, the differences between the platforms is less and less. And right. I think that the, the fight going forward is with these uh, assistants so I think Google has the edge because their assistant is just better right now than uh, than yep. what Siri delivers. Yep, agreed. Or Cortana for that for that matter. Oh, exactly. uh, Cortana blows in comparison to even <laughs> Siri. No, seriously, I mean it really yeah. does. Cortana so, blows. Yeah. 
Apple well, um, a meme, isn't it? I don't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about cool things of the week. Well, can we just mention one other thing? Well, oh, no, we, you know what? We kind of already did mention this about Yahoo getting Yahoo, yep. Yep. Yeah, let's talk about cool things. Okay. So, That's Tim, good. yours is obvious, so go ahead, buddy. Yeah, I, as I said before, I really like the Google Home. It's a speaker. Uh, it has their AI built into it, so you can talk to it, and it gives you back information. Um, you can do a whole bunch of interesting things, and it's fully uh, integrated with IFTTT, so you can do recipes based upon it. So it's very similar to the Amazon Echo, um, but with the Google AI on it. Um, and I think I'm going to buy one of these things. And how much are those now? $129. Yeah. yeah. But the dot is still 50 bucks. So, yeah, but this is a fully self-contained thing with the dot. I have to hook it up to my stereo. Well, yeah. Right. I just want something in the kitchen so I can say, Hey, what's the weather like today? Well, you can do that with the dot too. It just won't sound as the high quality speaker isn't part of it. I believe there is a speaker in the dot, but it's just sort of small. Okay. Did, so did you get one of those, uh, Phil? Uh, they're on order. They're not released until October, middle of October or something like that. So. Ah, okay. I pre- so anyway, yeah. but more, more to come. I'll talk about this. Uh, if I do end up buying one of these things when they, when they do arrive. Or we are, we'll just hack into it and listen in. So great. Enough about that. (laughs) Phil. Uh, Well, this I thought was kind of interesting, especially in light of security. I found this, um, uh, it's called Motion Code, a company by the name of Oberther, I believe is what it is. It's basically, you know, the security code on the back of your credit card. This is an automatic rolling security code. that's very cool. Which I think is a very cool idea. I believe it updates every half hour or something like that. So you will have a different security code on the back of your credit card. Um, and so you have to have a battery in your credit card? I believe so, of some kind. I'm guessing you have to, or because solar definitely wouldn't work. So. Uh, I don't see a solar panel on this. So no, yeah. it has to be a little bitty battery. A little bitty battery. And are they, what, are they using like e-ink? Or, they must be using uh, some sure. sort yeah. of very low power thing. Yeah. Huh. Well, that is a great idea. I thought it was a great idea. Cool. So we'll see if it actually trans, you know, actually becomes through, you know, widely adopted and, and reliable. But I think it's interesting. So it's called Motion Code. Nice. Well, mine is uh, something called Watt Not. Class, classic bulbs, light bulbs, with a design twist from a company called Plumen. And I also... Uh, a Plumen? Pl- Plumen. I also put a link to one that I absolutely love. It's $170, but the Plumen 003. And the cool thing is, is for a long time, I've been sort of anticipating what was talked about at the beginning with LEDs, that because they last so doggone long that we'd start to see home builders building LED lighting into places where you, they'd be inaccessible to the homeowner, really. But because the, they last so long that the average lifespan of a home, uh, of, of a person living in this home, they'd never outlive the, the LED lights being on. And then once designers got into it, started putting LEDs into all sorts of things, that things would get really interesting. Well, that's exactly what's happened here. You know, you can go to Menards and you can buy cheap Edison-type light bulbs, LED light bulbs, uh, but they're kind of pedestrian design. These guys have some pretty neat designs and um uh we're going to get a couple of the bulbs just for grins for one of our lamps so this is sort of a if you're like a big steampunk fan this would be a, the way to go with an led light is that what we're trying to say because well, it's it could kind be. of very very uh 
very turn of the century Edison like. Yeah. Turn of the nineteenth century or eighteenth century or twentieth century. So. <laughs> we went to a restaurant the other day here in Lakeville that had Edison bulbs throughout their entire restaurant. It's oh, a very nice! Cool, very cool effect. Yeah. Where did you go? Where did you go? Uh, it's at Barley and Vine over oh, yeah. on Cedar. Yeah. So a good place as well. Good a friend of mine is the owner of that club or that restaurant. So oh, nice. glad you went. Yeah. Yeah. He spent a lot of money on light bulbs. Good. Cool. <laughs> It's, it's as you should, right? That's right. <laughs> so, anything new as far as events coming up? Guys? Yeah, just just one. Uh, we made it by Minnesota Cup. It's going to be down at Clockwork in Minneapolis. Uh, it's a showcase event featuring 12 woman-led startups from a range of industries, including tech, food, life sciences, and impact ventures. Um, oh, so that's going to be really – I think that's going to be a really interesting event. Hmm. Um so and tickets are available and what's the cost on the ticket free it's free it's free there you go yeah very cool okay good 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 so and uh, you know there's some other things that'll be popping and uh, i'm off to a couple of adventures next week and we'll probably talk about it next week on the minivate gang podcast have a good week right. take care <laughs>